great time to be together as a church family as we start this new year together. I want to highlight a couple of things for you uh, before I share this morning's teaching. If you'll look uh, on the screen above me, you'll be able to find some information about our website. Uh, and the reason that I point that out, tomorrow we start 21 days of prayer and fasting. You can see there's our website. See the little renew button? If you'll push that uh, on your uh, smart device or however you use the internet, you have a whole list of information right here. If you'll stop right there for a second at the fast devotional, you have a whole list of information right there about 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, I wanted to show you that uh, our devotional is on there. And you can see that's the schedule for the month. Our devotional is on there. You can download this. If you have an Android or an iPhone uh, platform, you can download this uh, in, in Playbooks, I think it is, in Android and maybe iBooks and uh, Apple. You can download this and actually do the whole devotional on your phone. That's usually how, how I do it, just because it's, it's with me everywhere I go. If you don't have a copy of this, you can also pick it up in the foyer today on your way out. And it's got the schedule. It's got our special service times. It's got everything that you need to know. Would you, would you go back? Uh, you're right there. The spiritual life survey, I did want to mention that. Over 200 of you have already filled that out. I sent an email out this week saying, hey, would you just help us? Um, would you help us as a church help you grow in your relationship with God? Take this 60-second survey. Over 200 of you have already replied, and you've given us feedback. Appreciate it. It's going great. But if you didn't get the email, it either means we don't have your address or it's in your spam folder. Uh, you can give that information to us. You can go online and give that to us so you know you're current. Uh, but if you'll give us uh, 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 60 seconds, give us a little bit of feedback, boy, that would help us tremendously as we get ready for this year. So you've got the devotionals. Tomorrow, 21 days of prayer and fasting begins. I want to highlight our kickoff event. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., 6 to 7, we're going to be here in the sanctuary praying together. Man, I, I want to invite you to be here. It's one thing to sing about renewal. It's one thing to say, God, I want renewal. It's another thing to start walking that out in your life. We'll talk about that this morning. Six to seven. Some of your schedules that'll, that'll work with. Uh, some of you, maybe it won't. Maybe some of you can come by for 15, 20 minutes on your way to work. It doesn't matter how much time. Give us the time you have. Come by. Maybe you can stay the whole hour. But six to seven a.m. here in the sanctuary, we'll have our kickoff uh, prayer and worship time. So I want to encourage you to, to be here for that. Now, if you look inside your, your devotional, maybe you're on your phone now, or maybe you've got the copy in your hand. What, one of the things that we've done as a church is we've introduced uh, a certain way of reading the Bible. It's not the only way. It's not the perfect way or anything like that. It's just a really good way. And so we call it SOAP. S-O-A-P, like soap. Like you take a shower, soap. Like you clean up soap. Soap. And uh, what happens is, is we've outlined a scripture for every day uh, of the 21 days of prayer and fasting for you to do a soap reading on. Now, here's all that means. Uh, it's an outline. S stands for scripture. O stands for observation. A stands for application. And P stands for prayer. So what you do is you read the scripture that's in here. And as you read the scripture, what's going to happen is, is a verse or two is going to stick out to you. And you just take that verse and look at it. And then write down what you observe. That's O. What do you observe? What do you notice? What sticks out to you? Uh, see, the thing I think we misunderstand about the Bible is it's not like any other book. The Bible's not a dead book. It's an alive book. The Bible's a book that speaks today. And so the Bible's not really words. The Bible is 
God's voice. And so what you're looking for is, how do I hear God? You hear God in the way you read the Bible. And so uh, that's why we do it this way. So scripture, observation, what do you observe? A is how do you apply it? Just write a thought or two about how you apply it. We'll show you as the month goes on how, how other people do theirs. And then uh, P is prayer. P is prayer. How can you pray, uh, how can you pray for that uh, thought? How can you pray for that scripture to be applied in your life today? So I brought one of mine. This is actually on the website. You can look it up. But I brought one that I've done from Psalm uh, chapter 9. I was doing a soap reading of Psalm 9 one day, and this verse stuck out to me. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. That's the scripture. Here's the observation. God loves wholeheartedness. Whether I seek him, praise him, or serve him, my focus should be on the giver, not the gifts. My testimony is the acts of God in history, and my history, and in my life presently. So that's what I noticed when I read that. Here's my application. The easiest thing to do is mail it in. To do what's right, but not to do it with all I am. 70%, 80%, 90%, anything is easier than my whole heart. Have you noticed that? God seeks for nothing less because he gave it all to me. In seeking God, praising God, thanking God, serving God, I must do it with all my heart, not holding anything back. To hold back from God is to not trust God. It's to reserve something extra for when he doesn't come through. Not only should I thank God for all he's done, I must tell other people my, conver my conversation should be filled with uh, God's works. Uh, my conversation should be filled with God's works, not Satan's works or my complaints. I have to tell someone what God's done for me. So here's my prayer. Lord, today your word has cut my heart. I repent of partial heartedness. I turn my back on partially trusting you. I want to thank you with my whole heart. I thank you for my health, my family, my church, the opportunities you've given me. You've blessed me and I thank you. Remind me today to tell someone about your great work in my life. Now you see, when you take the Bible and you read it like that, that starts, you're not just trying to see how much of the Bible can I read, you're trying to see how much of the Bible can I get into my heart. How can I understand what the Bible's saying? How can I understand what God's saying to me today? And how can I apply it? And so I want to encourage you to join us tomorrow morning as we start at 6 o'clock, but then for 21 days as we take this journey together in prayer and Bible study. And so uh, join us for that. All the tools that you need, we've already provided, uh, and it's going to be an incredible time. Now, uh, as we talk about the message this morning, let me ask you this question. How many of you... Um, how many of you hate going back? I mean, how many of you, you're on a road trip, you pass the exit. How many of you hate turning around and going back? It was confession time. Oh, the rest of you are not telling the truth. How many of you hate going back? I don't think it's just male. I think it's human nature. You hate going back, man. I'm on the interstate. I'm locked in. The last thing I passed the exit, too bad. We're going to have to eat later. I don't know. Next exit, 30 miles. Too bad. We're going to have to fast. I'm not going back. I like no retreats in, in my blood. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's depravity. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you, I literally hate going back. I can remember a pastor friend of mine and I were at a pastor's meeting uh, about a year or two ago, and uh, we, we were on the GPS because we were on a critical mission. We'd been in meetings all day, and we'd been in service that night, and it's like 10 at night, and the most important event the entire day was about to happen. We were about to find a Krispy Kreme donut. Come on, somebody. You, you, everybody just woke up, right? We're going to find a Krispy Kreme donut. And we didn't know where we were because we were in a strange city, so we had to use GPS. How many of your GPS has ever messed up? 
right? Yes. So we get this GPS. There's this gigantic shopping center, and, it, and, and you go here, turn left. Okay, I turn left. Turn left. Okay, I turn left. Turn left. Okay, I turn left. It sent me in a gigantic square, and, and I ended in front of Target. And so we're sitting there thinking, do you think that Krispy Kreme has franchised into Target? I don't know. And then they're locking the doors and all this. And I thought, are you kidding me? And we had to literally backtrack all the way through the whole mess of shopping center we went and then go a whole nother way. And you know what? It was so frustrating. It didn't discourage me so much that I didn't find Krispy Kreme. I still found it. Wasn't that discouraged. But it was frustrating to go back and to retreat. Now, how many of you got a Christmas present you hadn't returned yet? It's the wrong size, wrong color, wrong shape. You got a Christmas present. It needs to go back, but somebody gave it to you or whatever. Or, or, or you bought the wrong thing, and now you got to go back and return it. How many of you got a present you hadn't returned yet? It's not evil. It's not a sin. Come on. Okay. All right. Good. I'm glad I'm the only one because here's what happened. My son loves the NBA. And so what I decided is I'm going to buy him a, a shirt for Christmas. And, uh, you know, I got the wrong size, so you know how that goes. But, but I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, i got to be honest with you. That's right. Anybody know who Stephen Curry is? Anybody know who Stephen Curry is? Three of you? Nobody watches the NBA? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, there you go. There's the NBA section right back there. Stephen Curry. Right? That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's not bad. That's not bad, right? It's not bad. Stephen Curry. The only problem is, does that look like that would fit my youngest son? 13? Yeah. I think I was like ordering on Cyber Monday about 1 o'clock in the morning and I didn't really know what I was doing. So I got to take this shirt back. I don't want to take the stickers off because you can't get your money back and all that. So I, I need to take that shirt back. But I don't know if you notice how frustrating it is to try to return something. I remember when I was a um, teenager, I worked in the mall at Sears in the men's department. And I'm going to tell you the worst job in the whole store was returns. Nobody wants to do returns, right? So we draw straws. Everybody's selling like crazy. You own commission. I think we got 1% commission. We're just killing it during Christmas. And then all of a sudden Christmas is over. Everybody comes back to work. And, and, and somehow or another they set up a return like area, return aisle, a return register. And if you drew the short straw, you had to work it. Nobody wanted to work it. Because you sat there all day and took stuff back. And gave money back out. And I don't know if you maybe remember or ever had this experience. There's some of those companies when you take something back, they want to punish you. You know, they're like, they want to make you earn it. Like, you can take it back, we'll give you the money, but we're really going to try to run you around first. And you print this long receipt about like that. And, you know, you want, you want your phone number. They want your driver's license. They want your mom's maiden name. They want your blood type. They want to know if you're an organ donor. You know, all this stuff just so you can return. They don't want you to do returns, really. And you go in there, you feel like a criminal, you got the thing, I'm sorry, do you have a receipt? No, and you just kind of look at the floor. Go to the return area of any store, I guarantee you, everybody's looking at the floor. Nobody's making eye contact with anybody. Everybody's ashamed to be in there, nobody wants to be in there. But you know, the only way to get that whole situation fixed is to go back to where you got it. And so that's what I noticed about this. Like, I can take this, I got this at the NBA store, NBA.com or whatever. And I noticed something. I can take this over to Big Lots. I can take it over to the mall. I can take it to Walmart. I can take it anywhere I want to take it. But you know what? I'm not going to get this resolved unless I take it back to where I got it. Right? There's no way to get this fixed unless I take it back to where I got it. I can take it to Amazon.com. They're not going to take it back because it's not where I got it. Look, in you and I's life, we can go to the movies. We can get the best job we can get. We can get a better job. 
We can, we can increase our life. We can increase our influence. We can become somebody important in the community. We can make a lot of money. We can have a lot of different relationships. But I'm going to tell you this. You'll never have fixed what's on the inside of you until you go back to the source of where you came from. And where you came from is God gave you and I birth and life. He is the source of life. He is the founder of life. He is the originator of life. And you and I are never going to know renewal and we're never going to know life and we're never going to know refreshing. We're never going to know the abundant life Jesus came to give us unless we return back to the source. I don't know if it's just human nature. I hate returning. But the truth is that's what renewal is. Hosea chapter 6. I'm going to give you this passage and I'd love for you to read it sometime on your own because we're going to look at it every week the rest of this month. For the entire month of January, we're going to look at three verses. We're going to look at it again and again and again and again because it captures everything that we're talking about this month. Hosea 6, 1 through 3. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. And after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. So if you've got something to write with, I just want you to basically write down three words. I want you to write down three words, and I'll give them to you one at a time. In, in, in verse 1, he says, come, let us return to the Lord. So here's the first word, return. What does renewal mean? You know, about six months ago, I've shared with you, uh, maybe you've heard me say this before, that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, I'm doing renewal. I am going to do renewal at Kingwood Church. I'm doing spiritual renewal at Kingwood Church. I'm doing it. And, and so we've been talking about that and walking through that process for the last six months. So it caused me as I got into the holidays to say, what is, what, that's incredible. Like, I'm excited. But what does that mean? What does renewal mean? What does it look like? Here's what renewal is. Renewal is return. We're going to talk about return all month. Renewal is return. If you don't return to God, you will never have any renewal. You cannot have renewal without returning to God. You cannot have renewal without the source of renewal. So here's what, re here's what renewal means. It means return. Renewal is a returning experience. So that's what we're going to talk about. What is it? The Hebrew word here in Hosea uh, for return means to return or turn back. It's used in the Old Testament over a thousand times. This word you'll find in the Old Testament in the Bible. The word combines the meaning, watch this, to turn away from evil and to turn toward good, to turn toward God. So, so sometimes we get that mixed up and we say we turn toward God but we don't turn away from evil. Or we try to turn away from evil and make ourselves a better person but we don't turn toward God. And neither one of them is going to do renewal. This Hebrew word for return means there's some things I need to turn away from and I need to turn to God. So is there anything you need to turn away from? I'm just telling you, as you begin to pray and fast in these 21 days, the Holy Spirit's going to bring some things up in your life and mind, and He's going to say, I need you to turn away from that. It's time to lay that down. It's time to lay that way of thinking down. It's time to turn your back on that. It's time to turn away, and now turn to me. It's, it's one process. It's one turn. So uh, 
I don't know how many of you had the opportunity over the holidays uh, to return to your childhood home. How many of you over Thanksgiving or Christmas, you got to return to your childhood home? Like your family still owns it? Yeah, that's good, at least half. Boy, you know, as mobile as a society as we are today, uh, that's less common. Over the Christmas break, I was able to return back to my childhood home. My family moved into the house that my mom lives in now when I was one year old. And uh, I, I got to go back there, and I get to go back there from time to time. And when I go there now, and I, maybe you noticed this when, when you got to go back, it looks a lot different than it did when I was a kid. Like, the truth is, almost nothing's changed. I mean, it is almost identical. Like, the neighborhood's run down, some things have gotten worse. But outside of that, it's the same structure, the walls are in the same place, most things are the same color. You know, the roof's the same color, the yard's the same size. Everything's pretty much the way it was when I was a kid, except, I, I, you ever had this experience? I remember it bigger. You ever remember that? It looked bigger when I was a kid. Because in our house, we had a loop that you could go around. Like, you could start at one point and go all the way around and come back to the front because we added on a little addition in the back. And I can remember, man, we used to race. We used to chase each other. We'd get one side, you know, and scare each other and all that stuff. We'd play that, go round and round and round, about tear the house up, my, drive my mom crazy. But, but I remember, it seemed like when I was running, I was running like around a city block. You know, like it was she, like I was, man, I was, I was out there in the jungle. You know what I mean? It's lions are crouching in the closet there. Everything seemed bigger and giant. You know what the truth is? That house is the same. It hadn't changed. It looks different, not because that house is different, but because I'm different. That is such a perfect picture of renewal. It reminds me of the picture we used in uh, late last year when we took the picture of the farmhouse and said, do you know the story of the prodigal son when he took his inheritance and he ran away and he went and, and uh, uh, wasted it all and then he came back home? I guarantee you that house, when he walked in the door, it looked different than it did when he left. Not because it was different, but because he had changed. That's the same house. The pictures are in the same place. Everything looks as it did when he left. And that's kind of the picture we've used, just an old farmhouse. But can you imagine after going out and experiencing the world and losing his innocence and wasting his family's inheritance and shaming his last name and, and all the bad that he did, can you imagine coming back home to that house thinking, if I could just be a hired hand and his dad said, forget that, you're not a hired hand, you are a son. And he took him back in as though he was a son. Can you imagine how different that house looked? He had so much more appreciation for it. He appreciated his mom and dad. He appreciated what they had done. He appreciated their sacrifice. He appreciated them taking him back in. He probably appreciated the, you know, the, the house, the covering, the structure. That house looked different. But nothing had really changed except, except him. That's what renewal looks like. Renewal is not an external change. You can paint walls and lose weight and redo your hair and change your clothes and change cars and you can change churches if you want to. You can change everything you want to change, but I can tell you it won't change anything because what really needs to be changed is in here. What really needs to be changed is me and you. So we can fool around with the window dressing as long as we want. But renewal is a returning to God. The entire Christian life is built on a personal relationship with Jesus. 
Because see, Christianity can become our habit, it can become our tradition, it can become our routine, it can become our morality, it can become our talk, it can become our religion, but none of that is life-giving. Renewal is a personal relationship with Jesus. You, you may believe in God, you may know who God is, but when's the last time you met Him? When's the last time you had an experience with Him? When's the last time you encountered His presence? You have to return to the source. Now, maybe, maybe some of you have been you know, wondering as, as you walk through last year and things change in your life or maybe some bad things happened to you, maybe you've been thinking, you know, where's my joy at? I, I wish I enjoyed life. Where's peace? Where's direction? Where's wisdom? Where's satisfaction? I'll tell you where it is. It's right where you left it. And you got to return back to God to get it because He is the source of peace. He is the source of joy. He is the source of wisdom. He is the source of direction. He is the source of love. And He is the source of life. And when you return back there, that's where you find it. How many of you ever lose your keys? Yeah, come on. Lose your keys. And you always have some person, and what do they say? When's the last time you saw them? Well, if I knew that, I'd go get them. Right? But as much as we don't want to admit it, there is kind of a little bit of truth there. You can't find your keys until you go back to where you left them. And when you go back to where you left them, that's where they'll be. They didn't disappear. They didn't fall into some gravitational hole in the universe and pop out in another dimension. They're actually here somewhere. And when you go back to where you left them, that's where you'll find them. Now, how do you know you're returning to God? Like we can talk about this in theory, but how do you know when, you're, when you as a person are returning to God? How do you know when the returning is happening? There's only one way. There's only one way. If you want to write something down, write this down. There's only one way to know. When your relationship with God has become more important to you than it was before. You are returning. When your relationship to God has become more important to you than it was before. When you value your relationship with Him more than you did before. When your willingness to sacrifice things in your life to have more of Him. When that shift happens, you know that you, you are in renewal. You know that you are returning. Your relationship with Jesus has to become more important to you than it was before. And so that's my prayer for, for not only me, but for you. When we go through this 21 days of prayer and fasting, that somewhere as you fast, as you pray, as you, as you open up your soul and heart, that your love for Him will grow. That your faith in Him will grow. That, that you, that's why I'm encouraging you to do some kind of fast. Here's one of the reasons we fast. Because fasting disrupts the natural flow of our life. The natural flow of our life is death. We live in a broken world. We live in a broken creation. We live in a fallen society. And the natural flow of our life is death. But the supernatural flow of our life is life. And so we've got to disrupt, we've got to interrupt, we've got to frustrate, we've got to stir up this natural flow of things, this ho-hum deal, this case-a-ra-sa-ra, this routine. We need to have disruption in it so that the presence and plans and voice of God can flow in. 
Sometimes we don't know what's going on in our spiritual life because there's no way for God to get in. We've shut Him out. Just by being busy or by going or whatever. See, here's what you and I need to be clear on. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And when you get that in the right order, things begin to change. I, I remember when uh, Stacy and I lived in Florida, there was a, a lady in our church who had a son in our youth ministry, and she was the English teacher. She taught honors English at the local high school, and she was a very, she was a very orderly and organized and proper person. And she kind of had her life regimented down the way she wanted it to be. And she had her routine and she had this and she had the other. And, and uh, we had sort of struck up a relationship with her because of her son's involvement in the youth ministry. And so I remember her coming to us once and saying, you know, God's just really uh, done something in my heart. He's really stirred something in my heart. And, and I said, well, t tell, me, tell me about that. And she said, I just feel like God put on my heart. Because school there started at 7 a.m. 6.50, the early bell rang. Whoa, 7 a.m. And so she said, I, I, the only time I've got, I just don't have a very, I just don't have a very good prayer life. Now, you've got to understand, this is very hard for her to admit, period. But she said, I just felt like God put on my heart that I needed to meet with him. I need to get up early in the morning. I think 4.45 is what she said. She had some kind of little formula. 4.45, 45 minutes for 45 days, something like that. I forget what it was. But she's going to, you know, she, I guess that's how she needed to hear it. So she got that. She got in her little regiment, and, and she started praying. And she started on this journey of prayer, of personal prayer, shutting the door, being alone, spending the time with God. And she said, I guess this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Because I got in there for about five, ten minutes, and I said everything I know how to say, and I don't know what else to do now. But she said, as I went through that process, and I knew God told me to do it, and I stayed faithful to it, she said, my, my, my prayer would grow. And my time would grow. And next thing you know, the alarm's going off and it's time for me to leave. And I didn't realize all the time had gone. And she said, and my relationship with God started to grow the way. And here's what she said. She said, I've been here before, but never like this. So here's the second word. What happens when we return to God? Here's the second word. Verse 2 says, after two days, he will revive us when we return to God here's the second word he revives he revives us when we return God begins to revive revive in the book of Hosea means this it means to restore life and overcome death to restore life and overcome death in second Kings the Bible tells us about a time that a, 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 a corpse they took a dead body and touched the bones the dead bones of Elisha, and when that corpse touched the dead bones of Elisha, that, that person came back to life. That's the same Hebrew word. To restore to life and to overcome death. In 1 Kings 17, there's a son of a widow who had, who had passed away. And when Elijah prays for him, he comes back to the dead. It's the same Hebrew word, restore to life and overcome death. Galatians 5 tells us, if we sow to the flesh, we'll reap death from the flesh. If we sow to the Spirit, we'll reap life from the Spirit. It's, this, it's the same concept. So as we begin to return to God, God revives us. He restores life and overcomes death. But notice, it's not overnight. 
It's not overnight. Do you know that in uh, January, our attendance is always higher than it is in February? Because it's easy to start, it's hard to stay in there. Things happen and people get distracted and we get busy. And sometimes we don't return long enough to get to revive. We just return for a minute. Or we return for a day. Or we return for a little bit. Or we return when it's convenient. Or we return when nothing else is going on. But we don't return long enough to get to revive. Notice it's a process. Verse 2, he says, after two days. Why not the first day? Why not the first minute? Why not the first time? After two days, it's a process. God's not going to revive you the first time you ask. Everything's not going to change the first time. Will you come back? Will you keep returning if nothing changes? After two days, the Bible says in Hosea, after two days, return and return and return and return and return. And the longer we return, the more he starts to revive. But it's got to be a, a, a continual returning. See, we're not in a, this isn't a deal where you try God out. This isn't a 30-day sample. Don't try God. Trust Him. It's a whole different thing. This isn't like, well, if God doesn't work out, I'll try Google. Let's see what Google has to say. No, no. Don't try God. Trust Him. People say, you know, I hear people say things like this. Well, I tried, I tried tithing and it didn't work. Well, how many times did you try it? Once. Well, that's why it didn't work. I mean, I, try, I tried church. I've been a couple times, and it didn't work. That's the problem. You tried it. I tried to pray, but, I mean, I get in there, and, and after a couple minutes, I don't know what to say. It didn't work for me. I tried reading the Bible, but I don't understand it. How long did you try it? Once. You can't try it. You can't just try it. I remember uh, the English teacher in Florida. She came back to us after 45 days of prayer, whatever the time frame was. And she said, this has radically, radically changed my life. And you could see her life had begun to change in ways I'd never seen. It changed her life and she kept coming back to God. She kept returning to God and her life continued to be revived. That lady became a powerful teacher in our church, and a spiritual teacher. And she became a prayer warrior, an absolute prayer warrior and intercessor. And it happened in her prayer closet. It happened when she returned and when she met with God, she continued to revive. And the last time that I talked to her about it, she was on her fifth or sixth year of 4.45 in the morning meeting with God. Because as she returned, she began to be revived. When you meet God and you meet God again, you, you look, you don't have to feel the pressure to try to make some experience, make something happen. Just keep showing up. Man, when I was a young believer, I remember I was so frustrated because I kept thinking there's a better way to do devotions than the way I'm doing them. There's a better way to read the Bible, a better place to read it, a better pace to go on. There's a better way to pray. There's a better way. Look, it don't matter. You know what I've learned? None of that matters. Let me tell you what God loves. Let me tell you how you please the heart of God. Come as clunky and innocent and frustrated and, and uh, uh, unprepared and... Uh, uh, unable however just keep showing up when you keep showing up God loves it he loves it because it's in that showing up that he has access to your soul and he begins to revive you and to bring you to the life he wants you to be he'll do the work you just have to show up and as you show up God revives you now what's going to change 
Your joy is going to change. Your perspective is going to change. Your fear is going to change. Your stress, your peace, your wisdom, your direction, your relationships, those things change as God begins to revive you. When we return, God revives and spiritual life starts coursing through our veins. And like that song we sing, we live. Those bones live. You have abundant spiritual life. We breathe again and function again and live again. So when we return, God revives. Now here's the last one. And then God restores. God restores. Look back at verse 2 again. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us. That we may live in his presence. In the opening chapters of the Bible, of time, the Bible tells us about the human race being born into perfection, but then, but then falling into misery. We see that in Genesis. And from that time till now, the entire Bible has been looking forward and prophesying about a time when God would restore all things. That's the ultimate, that's the big picture plan of God is the day that he restores all things. It's his ultimate plan. It's what he's working on. It's the big picture. It's the big idea. It's the bottom line. God is at work to restore all things. He's going to restore broken creation. He's going to restore humanity. He's going to restore community. Heaven is going to be a place of ultimate and perfect restoration. There'll be no sin, there'll be no violence, there'll be no greed, there'll be no disease, there'll be no loss, there'll be no grief, there'll be no evil. Everything will finally be restored back to the way God originally intended it to be. That's what restoration is. So here's how the story works. Humanity falls from perfection. God sends His Son Jesus to redeem. Romans 8 says... Creation and believers groan inwardly and long for. The earth has birth pains longing for the time that God will come and restore everything and put it back in the right order. And Revelation 22 tells us about a time when that full restoration happens. This is, uh, maybe you remember the doctrine or have heard the doctrine of the future hope. This is the future hope of the church. This is the future hope of believers that we have restoration after death. Here's the question I got. What do we do till then? What do we do? What do we do in the in-between? It's not the end that's going to get you. It's not the beginning. It's the middle. What do we do till then? Listen to this. Here's what we do. We experience personal restoration as God and His kingdom fill our hearts you don't have to wait to heaven to have your spirit restored your spirit can be in renewal being revived your spirit can live in restoration today 2 Corinthians 4.16 Paul says therefore do not lose heart look at this verse it is powerful though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day how many of you think that's good news we are being renewed day by day let me tell you what the Hebrew word you're going to love this let me tell you what the Hebrew word you might want to write this down restore means the Hebrew word for restore means to rise to get up to stand up and to endure 
to rise, to get up, to stand up, and to endure. I don't know if you noticed or not. You don't have to look far. The news, Facebook, out the window, across the street. We are living through some absolute crazy things. And some of, you, some of you might be facing some crazy things in your life. And you may be here this morning and you may have said, I made it across the, the New Year's finish line. But I'm not sure how much longer I can go. I'm not sure which one of these tra- tragedies is going to do me in. How much longer can I go? How am I going to face what's coming next in my life? Yeah, I might be all right now, but do you see what's coming in my life? I've got good news for you today. God wants to restore you, and when life treats you bad, God will treat you good. When life knocks you down, God will let you rise again. Restoration means to rise and to get up and to stand up and to endure. Where's the strength going to come from for you to face the challenges of your life and the times we live in? Where's the strength going to come from? It's going to come from restoration. God will restore your restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Man, restoration is the courage and the power and the ability to stand in a day when the ground is shaking. That's what it is. After two days, the Bible says he will revive you. Did anybody notice how many days it was going to be before he'd restore you? Anybody notice how many days it took for restoration? Return, and then after two days, he's going to revive, and then after three days, he's going to restore. Anybody recognize that amount of time? They crucified him. They laid him in the ground, but it wasn't over. On the third day, he rose from the grave with the power of the Holy Spirit He was brought back from the dead. He was resurrected and restored. And can I tell you this morning, Paul said the resurrection power of Jesus Christ will touch your mortal body, will fill you with life, and you will be restored inside your inner man. Resurrection and restoration. Would you stand with me this morning? I don't know if you can sense it. I don't know if you can hear it. But God is stirring and He is moving. And He is calling you. You may look around and say, it's the same farmhouse. If it looks like the same farmhouse to you, it only means you hadn't changed yet. That's what it means. God is calling us to renewal. But here's how it works. God only restores living things. So before you can be restored, you got to be revived. Before you can be revived, you got to return. So like this morning, we can't just, we can't just bring you for prayer and pray for you and you go out restored. Restoration doesn't come like that. Restoration doesn't happen in a moment. It's a process. On the third day, restoration comes. On the second day, reviving comes. 
you got to return for a while. I don't know how long. It's not a test. He's not, he's not taunting you. It just takes our little soul time to receive the powerful thing God wants to do. And if we don't keep returning, we'd shortcut that process. So I'm not going to ask you to come this morning to be restored. I'm not even going to ask you to come today to be revived. But you can return. You can return. You can say, by God's grace, this will be a season of my life where I return to God. No, I'm not going to do it perfect. No, I'm not going to be a legalist. No, I'm still going to be human. But by God's grace, man, I'm going to return. I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm just going to keep showing up and let God do what God wants to do. So every eye closed this morning, I want to pray with you. And I want to invite you to pray. And I want to say some very specific things. And, and I, if you would, if you just close your eyes and get comfortable where you're standing. I just want to say some specific things that I feel the Holy Spirit put on my heart. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, for me, it's not returning. I'm not, I'm not sure I've ever, I'm not sure I ever showed up. But today I realize that I need God. I'm not returning back to a time in my life when I served God. I'm, I'm just wanting to connect with God today and, I'm, and I realize I need Him. If that's you this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you anything like that I just would like for you to lift your hand and say would you pray for me today I just want to pray for you yeah I see your hands thank you so much yeah I need God I'm not even sure if I know if I know God I don't maybe I don't have a personal relationship with God but today I want to know his presence and I want to know his forgiveness and I want to know his touch in my life here's the another thought maybe you say it's been a long time but I need to return and I need God today it's been a long time but I need to return it's time for me to return would you lift your hand and say pray for me just pray for me today yes sir thank you thank you so much I appreciate your just your open heartedness yes I see your hand yeah it's been a long time man but I need to return if I'm honest it's a new year and, and I, I things need to change. You just lift your hand. I need to return. Maybe, maybe you're ready for your relationship with God to become more important to you. Maybe you're here today and you say, it's time for my relationship with God to be more important to me. There's something very specific I want to say right here. There are some of you in the room that God is calling you and he know, you know he's calling you and not because you heard him today. Maybe you did, but you've heard him before. Something's been stirring in your life. Something's been changing in your life. Something has been uh, disruptive enough in your life that you say, God is calling me. And you, you say in your mind, look, I, I've never come to prayer or I haven't come to prayer in a long time. I'm telling you, today God's calling you to prayer. I'm just, I'm just going to say that to you emphatically. Today, God's calling you to prayer. And it's going to be a giant step for you to step out and say, I never have, I haven't in a long time, I, whatever. But I know, I know that God's calling me. 
and he's calling me to renewal and he's calling me to return and he's calling me to meet him again and he's calling me to come closer I know that I know that I know it and I'm saying to you in a minute I'm going to call you to prayer and when we do I want you to I want you to step out I want you to step it'll be a huge step of faith it'll be it'll be a dramatic moment for you but I'm telling you it will be a giant step in your returning to God and and it's going to open the door for you for other things God's going to do in your life and, and one last group and we're going to pray maybe you're just hearing you say I'm not in any of them categories but I can just hear God calling me I know it's time for me maybe not for anybody else maybe not for my family maybe not for my spouse maybe not for my whatever maybe not for my friends whatever all I know for sure is I have sensed the invitation of God in my soul to come closer to him in this season of my life I've sensed that so here's what I want to do I want to ask our prayer team to come now and as our prayer team is coming I, I want to ask our, our prayer team if you would uh, maybe you can just uh, stay to the sides because here's what I want to do if you lifted your hand and you said about five or six of you did maybe seven or eight and you said I need to reconnect with God or I need to connect with Him for the first time I want you to come find one of these folks and just let them pray with you that's it they're not going to sign you up for nothing or anything like that they just want to pray with you they just want to pray with you and lead you in a prayer that will reconnect you back to God that's it and for everybody else, every eye closed, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to pray, and when I get done praying, I want you to move. I don't care which category you fit, I want you to move. If it's time for renewal, if you've heard the invitation, if you've heard the call of God in your soul, it's time to move. And I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to debate it in your brain. I just want you to move and say, I want God. I need God, and I need God now, and I return to Him. Lord, I love you today, and I thank you for the gracious love of God that calls us back to the source of life to the source of joy, to the source of hope and help. And this morning we respond to you in Jesus' mighty name. As the worship team begins to sing, I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now. I don't care what category you fit, I want you to come right now. Maybe you want to come pray by yourself. You come right now and you say, God, I respond to you. Lord, I return to you. Lord, I return to you. I know that you're calling me. I know that you're calling me. I know that you're calling me to renewal. I know that you're calling me to be closer to you. I know that you're calling me to be near you. And Lord, I respond to your voice. I respond to your voice. I respond to you, Lord. I respond to you, Lord. I respond to you this morning. Lord, I love you and I respond to you. I love you and I respond to you. I love you and I respond to you. Lord, I love you today. I love you today. Love you today. Worship Come on, just worship Him. Come on, just worship Him. Say, God, I need you. I need you and I love you and I return to you. I come to you, Lord. The source, strength, the ability to restore and to stand, to revive, to return. Lord, I return to you, the author and the finisher of my faith. Return to you this morning.
Lord, speak life. God, bring life right now.